Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Jessica and Georgia and all their friends. You never know how the story's gonna end. Storytelling saves the world. Storytelling saves the world. Welcome to the fifth episode of Storytelling Saves the World a podcast where you can find out more about integrating student movie making in your classroom. I'm one of your hosts, Georgia Terlahi. I'm here with my fabulous storytelling partner in crime and person who's already decorated for Christmas, Jessica Pack. Hi, Georgia. Yes, I am totally that person who decorates their house early. Man, I don't know if it's just the school year or the fact that Thanksgiving break is a week later than usual, or if this car just needs some new tires, but wow, it has been quite a year so far. And uh, you had a pretty exciting weekend yourself, didn't you, Georgia? I did. I flew back to the East Coast to surprise my mom, who turned 80 on Sunday. She didn't know I was coming, so I got to kind of drive up, knock on the door, and like, here, here's your present. So it was a lot of fun, but I am a little bit tired. Oh my gosh, I totally love that. And that is such good timing because we've got like a great podcast today. And for new listeners, Georgia and I are bringing a range of experiences to the discussion today. I've been teaching middle school for the last 15 years, and I'm also a California Teacher of the Year. And I have 31 years of classroom experience at the elementary level. Yes, I started teaching before the internet, and I'm currently an instructional coach. We've been both using digital storytelling in our classrooms for more than a decade. So to that end, I'm super excited to have some of our former students as guests today. How awesome is that? Isn't that great? In this episode, we will be talking about sharing family stories and the impact that sharing can have on our communities. I just really love it when things come full circle like this, Georgia. And we're excited to welcome our students, Enrique Munoz and Nikki Aguilar. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh my gosh, they are so sweet. Just as sweet as I remember, right? Oh, I know. That's so awesome. Well, why don't we start one at a time. Nikki, how about introducing yourself a little bit? Hi, my name is Nikki Aguilar, and I am an eighth grader here at James Erkman Middle School. And Enrique, our other guest, could you introduce yourself too? Hi, my name is Enrique. I'm currently in seventh grade at a different school, and um, I've been working on films for the last six to seven, no, six to four years. You're at, you're at Nellie Kaufman Middle School. Yeah. It's totally okay to say Nellie Kaufman on James Workman turf. We yes. promise. <laughs> you won't put the beef aside for today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? Thanks, guys, for making time to be here because I know that you have many other things to do during the day, like, I don't know, homework, social media, Netflix, binge-watching Disney+. Plus. Are we up to that? Yes. 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 Not yet. Sadly. <laughs> Heavy metal YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. For our listeners, the best thing I learned about Enrique today had to do with his musical taste. Oh, I love time, uh, mostly just metal, not any pop. Just can't stand that music. Mostly Slipknot and Metallica. He's got good taste, Georgia. He, he has awesome taste. I feel like he, you guys might be mutual spirit animals or something <laughs> with like the awesome music. Very cool. So we're going to um, talk about your family stories today. And I know, Enrique, you created a movie when you were in my fifth grade class two years ago, because we can all do the math, seventh to fifth, seven yeah. minus five, two years ago. And Nikki created a, a story last year in Mrs. Pack's class. So Enrique, 
could you kind of tell us a little bit about the movie that you made in fifth grade? Well, the movie I made in fifth grade was pretty much about my life. Because currently at the time I underwent surgery and I believe so the seizure that I had in fifth grade. So then I decided to make a story about it from when I was born all the way to the current time of being in fifth grade. So just to back up a little bit, you, you've kind of had the, these medical struggles since early you were born. So can you tell the listeners like what you were born with that kind of caused you to have some of these issues? Yeah, well, when I was born, I was born with hydrocephalus, which was a condition in the back of the head where I had liquid in there. And um, I had they had to get it drained out, so they put something in me called a VP shunt, where it's a little hose that goes all the way down to my stomach. I can only have six feet of hose in there, and it slowly just drains out liquid in there. But it's you have to have like brain surgery to get the shunt put in. Yeah, I got brain surgery when I was uh, like a month old, and I got it revised and moved to my left side when I was three months, and then. Uh, when I was 10, I had one, again, because uh, it was malfunctioning, brought a new one on my left side. Nikki, what was your story? Um, my story was titled Limits, and a lot of people might know that I'm Mexican, and I do come from an immigrant family, and now with that we have President Trump, and we have a lot of conflict and political conflict over, like, borders and, like, people coming from all the way, I think it's Guatemala? I think, and Mexicans crossing over and then they want to build a wall. And I just felt like since I was born here and I am a U.S. citizen, I feel like, and I am part of the school ASB and we have this amazing platform, Digicom, we can make videos and we can get these videos out in the world. I feel like this was just a great opportunity for me to share and speak out for those who don't have the courage and don't feel safe speaking out for themselves and saying that they don't want a wall, that they don't want to be separated from their families, that they just want to be together and they want to have a life. They want to have a job. They want to have a future for their kids. They want to have a roof over their head and food on their plate. And I just wanted to share my message with the world. So I think it's probably safe to say then that family really inspired both of your stories because I imagine, Enrique, you couldn't have gone through that health journey without the support of your family, who probably loves you very much, right? Yeah, they they always stayed by me when I was in the hospital the whole time. My dad was in the hospital for three months when I was five. When I had my stroke, my mom and my parents were there for me for the whole three months. Did that kind of love and support at home help you feel brave enough to put your story down in movie format? Yeah, after that I felt I wanted to share my story to home for other people who also have medical conditions like this to keep them happier with the conditions that they have. It seems like it would be lonely sometimes, so it's. I think it's a really great thing that kids can watch your movie on YouTube and maybe not feel so alone. Yeah, because I don't really know many people who also have this condition. So finding out that more people in the world also have the same thing, same problems I got, really makes me happier and hopefully makes other people happier. And I'd like to brag on Enrique a little bit. When he was, so I've known Enrique since he was in first grade because he's been writing stories and then he got involved in stop motion animation and his parents built like a little set for him to make your little, your wrestling stop motion things. But when he got to fifth grade, with all of these 
problems and, and hurdles he was overcoming, Enrique never had a bad day. He never, he, and I felt like, you know, he was the one that had the right to come in and say, you know, I'm not feeling it today. It's, you know, I'm, I'm grumpy. Please don't talk to me. Nothing. He was always positive. Even if he felt awful, he was always positive. And he was my hero. And I remember sitting at the track meet and telling you that, and I was tearing up because, dude, I mean, seriously, you have more resilience and grit than anyone I met. And I asked you, I said, do you think you'd want to, tell your story and I remember you kind of you know thinking I'll think about that and kind of went from there with you telling your story and being willing to share it with the class and you know the community at large both of you are telling pretty tough powerful stories did you have any reservation at all about sharing such personal standpoints and information with people I feel like nothing held me back when I was writing my script because this the what I made my movie about which was immigration it's something that I hold very close to my heart and I have my opinion written down like set in stone in my brain so there was nothing like because I wasn't speaking directly about my family so I didn't have I wasn't really putting my family like out there like victimizing them but I wanted to speak out for those who couldn't because my goal for my life is to make other people happy and to help other people. And in the situation we are in right now, I know that there's a lot of people suffering, there's a lot of kids suffering, and I just wanted to be that voice that could help people and tell them that they're not alone and they can make it through it. And I think it's great too because I think that gives us a place, like watching your movie, to have that conversation of, you know, these this whole situation and people going through it you know we're all human we're not it, it's not you know it doesn't matter what our ethnicity is and it doesn't matter where we've come from we're all human and like you had said we have this desire for you know shelter and safety and educating our children and I think stories really enable us to level the playing field and understand that we are all human and we're in this together and we need to stop fighting I think also for listeners, I mean, we are so close to the border here and it's such, you know, immigrants and, and the idea that we're all coming together making this larger culture, that's such a huge thing for us here in the Coachella Valley. We're only 80 miles from Mexicali. And so I think for a lot of students, I just saw in our class, people watch your video and feel like they could have that discussion and it was a safe place to be able to say, me too, I feel that also, or sometimes I'm afraid. And I think that that sort of trust that builds between kids is probably one of the most important ingredients for being able to be willing to share your personal story. And like tag teaming off of that, like Enrique, when we, screened that your movie in our classroom did you notice any difference or did you have any comments or reactions that surprised you or just kind of made you go huh well that's kind of cool or well from my friend from students and friends at school they were surprised and they never knew about this stuff and I remember when we presented it over at did you come my parents were crying my my sisters and my parents were all crying when they saw it well, because here is this big platform, you know, film festival, all these people there actually get to see your family journey because your journey is like your whole family unit has been involved and it, it's affected them. But I also like saw it in the classroom because I know 
I heard kids, you know, that year, you know, oh, Enrique's not here again. Why is he always absent? And I, I never felt like it was my position to tell your story. And it seemed like after we showed that and we talked about it in class and you talked about it, it seemed like there was more empathy for what you've been going through. And, and it, it just seemed to transform that whole kind of feeling in the classroom. And I didn't know if you had felt that as well. Yeah, I remember uh, when I returned from one of my long breaks, um, my, a couple of my friends were like, what, what's been happening? What's wrong? Like, why haven't you been to school and all that? I just saw my husband feeling that well and all that. But I think showing the, the film and your, and your story gives them that whole picture of, oh, wow, it's not that he's just home, you know, playing video games. He's been dealing with some very adult things at yeah. a very young age, and it builds empathy. It's like, okay, I'm not going to hassle you because you've been out. You're like, you have legitimate reasons to be not be in school or not being in PE or not, you know, yeah. doing some of the things that were difficult for you. So what I'm wondering is, what advice would you give to students who also wanted to share a personal story? Like, where do you even start with that process? Well, first, think of what you want to do, and after you get all that mapped out, just let it all out, let all the things that you want to say all out of your mouth, and put it into a video if you want. Well, I mean, the point, I think, of your story, you need to have, like, some, you need to have a message. It can't just be like, oh, one time I broke my arm and I went to the hospital and it took me a month to heal. You need to have your message because why else would you really want to share something with somebody if you don't have a reason? And as Enrique said, make sure you have your story straight. Make sure you have it all written down and just do it from the heart. Don't just do it from the brain, what other people would like to see. Do what you think you would like to see. Do what you think you would like to pre create because with movie projects, it's your freedom to create. It's it's your project. It's not somebody else's. It's yours. You write the script. You film it. You edit it. It's, it's your creation. You can be as creative and use your imagination as much as you want. I love that you're talking about passion because actually we've talked about that a lot on the show in the past four episodes is just this idea of the human element and that's why it's worth listening to a lot of these great stories that come out of our classrooms is that there is such a, a heart connection to what's being shared. So I and appreciate as you, that. And as Enrique shared that like with your medical situation is hoping that you know you might give some other kids going through similar things some hope and some encouragement and that you're not alone because it is kind of a lonely place to be I imagine yeah. and that is the awesome thing about sharing stories and giving your voice a platform is that you start to realize oh wait I'm not really alone on this journey other people you know may have experienced the same thing and we're all in this together and to add on with the connection to the heart you whenever we start our individual projects you always tell us don't just tell a story I want to connect to it because that's what I feel like we should be doing with these things like all the Disney movies they make us cry they're connecting to us so we sh I, I feel like we should have this connection with our viewers I love that well what are, what would you guys say to someone who's maybe a little afraid to share their story like they want to they're passionate about it but they're intimidated what what might you say to them um if you're scared just take your time on making your movie it's not gonna be the end of the world if you don't make it to a deadline just keep working on it and 
uh, just pretend no one's there watching you doing it if you really want to do this project that you are passionate about. Yeah, as Enrique said, take your time. Some of the most beautiful things like you see on National Geographic, those things take years to make. And also, if you are scared to put your direct situation out there, you could not just speak for yourself, but speak for others as I did. You're speaking on a global thing, on a global issue. So you need to make it more broad and make it more for everybody, not just here, not just you. It's because what you're speaking about can be about everybody, not just specifically you and not explicitly you. Well, and I think for your story, that was particularly important as we're trying to protect maybe family members or people close to us in the community. It's like, find a careful way to tell the story that is in your heart. So if you're out there with a story that you feel needs to be told, um, take some advice from our young guests today who are urging you, it sounds like, to be brave, right guys? Yeah. And to go ahead and take a risk and put yourself out there, but also maybe find a way to do it that you're actually really comfortable with. So with that, um, you know, we just really appreciate you guys being here. We have a couple little traditions that we close out our show with. So, Georgia, do you want to kind of explain the first one? So the first one we call four in six day. And so we're going to ask some rapid fire questions. And you both, we can like point at you to answer, I suppose, to get it. And it's just like, what's off the top of your head? And it's just to be silly and goofy. And because I really love doing things on the fly. And Mrs. Pack hates it. And so I'm her, I'm stretching her. I'm like the sandpaper to her rock. And she goes along with it, which is great. So um, we're going to do four and 60. And then we'll do Storymatic. And we'll tell you what that's about. So are we ready? I think we're ready, Georgia. What flavor ice cream do you binge eat when a storytelling project goes wrong? Cookies and cream. Uh, Hagendaz Dulce de Leche. I love it. All right, Netflix or Des Disney Plus and iMovie or Wii Video? Uh, Netflix because I can watch JoJo and iMovie because that's easier to use for me. Disney Plus and Wii Video. Ooh, polar opposites. I love <laughs> it. What is the most stressful thing that has happened during a project? Oh, I remember when I was working on my stop motion, I accidentally deleted a huge chunk of it. Uh, one time, I did my voiceover outside, and we sent it to Digicom, and there was birds in the background. Oh my gosh, I remember that. <laughs> what is the most surprising thing that you have discovered about yourself during the storytelling process? Well, when I was making it, I decided I want to do this as my own career. Um, it was surprising that it was really easy for me to edit and put together a movie. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but I was. Awesome. I love it. That was a good round. You know, we did four and 60 because we were afraid of it taking too long. Usually it's five and 60. You guys were faster than the adults, which I attribute to young brain. So, yay. <laughs> I do think our brains move a little more slowly. That was impressive. I'm now we have squad goals. I'm quite confident mine does move a lot slower. So now is my favorite time. It's Storymatic time. Storymatic is, uh, we do kind of an on-the-fly story. It's one minute long. So there's four of us. So, Miss Pack, how can we split this up? Um, I think we'll have maybe just beginning, middle, and end with the three of you. And I'll be the timekeeper. Oh, look at how she gets out of that. You see how mm -hmm. that works? Yeah, I'm, I'm like totally onto her. 
on here I thought it was a good devious strategy. So um, we're going to three card Monty these, which I'm mixing them up, beginning, middle, and end. So I'll let you guys, since you're our guests, you can go ahead and pull a card. Ooh, Nikki got the middle. I got beginning. And I have the end. Oh my goodness. So pressure at that end of the table. You've got to start us off right, Enrique. And uh, Georgia's got to bring it home. Here's what we're going to be making our story about. We have an owner of a hot air balloon and a UFO sighting. All right, everybody. Ready? 60 seconds on the clock. And go. Well, the story is about um, a man named Joe who owns a hot air balloon and his average day is uh, living on his farm and letting people always go on his hot air balloon. He always feels bored about his average day. He's always doing the same thing every day until he saw something weird uh, in the morning. So Joe decided to take his dog on the hot air balloon with him and they flew up and looked down. And to their surprise, they saw a circle in the middle of the cornfield. And they looked around, and then they looked up because they heard a noise. And all they saw was a UFO flying up. So Joe was concerned, as was his dog, at, is, you know, do they come in peace? What does the crop circle say? So they looked down again and saw that the crop circle made a heart. And they figured that they came in peace, and they were they tried to chase after the UFO, but the wind was not in their favor, and they landed in the cornfield. And Joe went home to tell his wife, and it and he had a story to tell his family at the next Thanksgiving dinner. Oh my gosh, uh, 60, 74 seconds. We went a little over, but it was good. It was a compelling <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining us uh, for Storytelling Saves the World, which has been brought to you by Digicom Learning. You can visit them at www.digicomlearning.org or you can follow Digicom Learning on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, if you listeners enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and or SoundCloud and give us a review. Please, please. We'd love one. Our show notes can be found on our website, storytellingsavestheworld.com. As well as these two wonderful students' videos we will include in the show notes so you can watch them yourselves. Our next podcast will tackle how to structure a family story project for your classroom. If you have an idea for our podcast, please email us via the contact form on our website. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's storytellingsavestheworld.com. Until next time, what's your story? <laughs>